Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and joining us on today's podcast, which is actually a recording of the Rodeo Kids monthly Zoom, which everybody is invited to, is with Tilden Hooper. He is a two-time American Rodeo Bareback winner and an eight-time NFR qualifier. After all he's accomplished, most of us wouldn't think that He'd never really ridden a horse until he started bareback riding, and he still has never owned a horse. He also claims that he really wasn't that good of an athlete in high school, but with the good Lord by his side and determination and grit and surrounding himself with the right people, he has made it to be one of the most well-known, most talented bareback riders in the industry right now. There's so much awesome stuff in this Zoom as he tells his story from the beginning to the end, from not winning to becoming a winner and what it takes, while also answering a few questions about that pretty hair of his. So let's get started with the Tilden Hooper RodeoKids.com podcast. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. So we just like to start out first. Thank you for coming. Um, I know the kids are all excited to have you. We haven't had many rough stock riders. Uh, This is our probably about the 10th Zoom that we've done that we open it up to the public. And so you're actually our first bareback rider to have on here. So welcome. Oh, that's cool. Who else have you guys had on? Who else have we had on? Last month we had Tyler Pearson. Um, next month, nice spoiler alert, we have Miss Rodeo America. Um oh, nice. yeah. Yep. We have just a wide variety of people. We've had rodeo coaches and just different competitors and calf ropers, team ropers, just a little bit of everybody. Cool. Well, yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So what we like to do, our goal here at Rodeo Kids, again, is just to spread the good word and teach these kids different ways that people get to the next level. Um, So I like to have you guys share your story and just tell them how you got started and and how you got where you're at now. And then they'll ask, they'll have lots of good questions. They're good question askers. (laughs) Cool. Well, uh, right. We want to get started then I'll uh, I'll get going. Um, So I grew up in a small town in East Texas. uh, Carthage, Texas is what it's called. I, uh, I didn't grow up around rodeo, didn't grow up around horses, anything like that. I uh, played all the normal sports, you know, football, baseball, stuff like that. And uh, anyway, whenever I got to be about 13, 12, 13 years old, I had some friends that rode horses and, and they competed in rodeos. One was a calf roper, the other guy rode bulls. And some people I went to church with competed in rodeos. And around about that same time, I just, I'd been reading a bunch of books about cowboys and Louis L'Amour books and, and watching movies. And I just, I became made up with the idea of being a cowboy. And uh, we didn't have enough property for me to own a horse or anything like that. And uh, I saw some photos of my dad riding bucking horses when he was in high school, college age guy. And I just I started pestering my parents every day to let me, let me be a bull rider is what I wanted to do. And uh, PBR was kind of taken off at that time. And Anyway, you see it on TV every weekend, and so I, I wanted to be a bull rider, you know, and uh, my mom, she wasn't too interested in that, I guess, and so I, I devised a plan at that point to to sneak into bull riding by starting with bareback riding. There you <laughs> and, go. Uh, 
So I, uh, I thought my, I could probably talk my mom into it a little easier since it was horses. Uh, luckily, she didn't know anything about bear bear riding, or she might not have <laughs> took took the bait, you know. But uh, anyway, I, I I talked to her into let me start riding bear wreck horses, and it was just a it was a pretty simple process. My dad, I was really lucky. He 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 knew all the basics of bear wreck riding, and knew how to get me started, and. Uh, Anyway, he, he built me a spur board, which is like a stationary kind of dummy that, that we practice on in the bareback riding. And, you know, he just, he, he showed me the basics and told me to, you know, start practicing and, and just, you know, when he decided that he'd seen, I'd put out the effort that we would, we would move up to a fucking horse, you know? And so, uh, I, I rode that thing every day and until there's blisters on my butt and stuff. So, I mean, it was just like a, a thing I just I, I was eat up with it from the beginning I, I I don't know why I didn't have a lot of natural ability I, I just I loved horses and I loved you know what rodeo looked like to me you know and it just it looked like the coolest funnest thing you know and, and it turns out it is so uh, I, I was fortunate that I got into it whenever I did I uh, I worked on that stationary dummy on the spur board for for quite a while for a few months before my dad was finally you know satisfied that I was I, I met the what i wanted to do you know and uh anyway so we we had a friend uh bring over a, a, a team roping horse that would buck sometimes <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I i got out of my, my best friend growing up his name's spence barney he, he roped calves and, and grew up around rodeo and horses and uh his family was kind of partly how i got got interested in rodeo and uh so spence and his, his dad and brother came over and one of them Spence opened the gate. His dad, I think, maybe picked up, and his brother pulled pulled the gate. And we just we got a group of our friends over, and I, I got on this bucking horse. And I, I just remember whenever I was getting ready to go, I was pretty excited and pretty nervous. And I uh, got everything right, and was just about to nod my head, and, and the gate just opened. Out, and there we go, you know. And I, you know, I fell off pretty quick, but I was I was hooked from the beginning I, it just it was just the coolest feeling to me to, to try to do that you know and uh we got to school monday morning and i was talking to my friend spence and i was like man i uh, i think you opened the gate a little little bit soon you know and he started laughing he was like i was just afraid you're gonna chicken out I, I just really wanted you to do this so, uh, so anyway luckily i i didn't chicken out but we're having a chance to so um yeah you know from there it was a it was a slow kind of slow going for me I, I i didn't pick it up very fast i it took a long time before i ever rode one and uh but i loved rodeo and people i was meeting and just the the lifestyle of going to the rodeo and seeing your friends and you know, I watched I watched the NFR every year on TV, and there wasn't as many you know videos. Like rodeo wasn't on television and recorded as much then as it is now. So I mean, I just watched the same VHSs over and over again. And just you know, I, I just all the time was thinking about bareback riding. I was practicing on my on my spur board. You know, even though I wasn't getting the results, I was still putting in work. And uh, I think uh, I think a lot of it was just. I, I'd never been on horses. I'd never even ridden a saddle horse, but about probably five times, you know, oh, wow. before I got on a bucking horse. And, uh, you know, so it took a while to become comfortable with horses. So if, 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 if you are, you know, growing up, I, that's all I wanted was a horse, right? And uh, anyway, so if, if you are a kid and you have, have access to a horse, you know, be thankful and, and take advantage of, of that opportunity, you know, but also if you don't, that does, that doesn't mean you can't get into this. You know, there's, people in the western industry are, are, are awesome they, they want to help you as much as they can so 
especially when someone can see you're putting out the effort and you have the desire to want to do something, they'll, they'll generally step in there and help you, you know? And I, I was very fortunate from the beginning for one, like I said, my dad knew a pretty good bit about, about bareback riding. And then I was able to get around people that, that knew even more than him, you know, when the time was right. And so I started in high school rodeo and would just compete at the high school rodeos, the 10, you know, high school rodeos a year. And then that was my freshman year. I think I might have rode one bucking horse that year. I think I stayed on one out of 10. That was enough to qualify me to the state finals. And I, I was super excited about that. Went out there and had a great time. Didn't, didn't stay on any bucket horses, but it was, it was a great experience. And uh, <laughs> the next year, I kind of started doing a little bit more as far as high school rodeos. I, I started going to a different association uh, that wasn't the Texas High School Rodeo Association. So I probably went to, you know, maybe 20 rodeos instead of 10 and anytime I, there was any chance for me to try to practice on a, on a bucking horse I did and and, and you know it was it, it, like I said it was kind of slow going but just every year I'd pick up a little bit more and, and get a little bit better I just continued to put in the work and, and, and put in the effort as far as you know riding my sperm board and, and watching videos and just thinking about it all the time I just I you know I didn't get to get on a lot of bucking horses then it just wasn't a an option you know there wasn't a lot of places to practice whatever but I just I, I just thought about it all the time you know and, and whenever I did think about it I, I always imagined myself doing it the way that I would see the guys on tv that I was that I was watching you know Will Lowe it was the guy that I remember that's real hot whenever I first got interested in rodeo you know uh, Jason Jeter was a guy I really looked up to like the way he rides uh you know I just I picked out these guys that, that I liked the way they rode and I just I never, I never imagined myself doing it any other way. And uh, I don't know, it, it just, it was about my junior year in high school. It kind of started, started clicking a little bit. I kind of got bigger, stronger, you know, I mean, you're, you're at a hundred pounds whenever I was a freshman in high school, I probably didn't have yeah. that much of a chance to yeah. stay on, but uh, there's that anyway, awkward I, stage of coordination too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I, uh, you know, it was funny too, because I wasn't, I never was like a standout at any, any sports I played. I, I, I enjoyed them and I, I was always, you know, on the team and got playing time and, and stuff, but it just, it was nothing I ever just loved like I did rodeo. So once I, once I got the bit by the rodeo bug, it, it took off, you know, and that's all I wanted to do. I kind of, I didn't worry about other sports and, and looking back, I wish I would have, I, I thought that, you know, I just had to, I just had to do rodeo all the time. And you think you have this small window to do this and you're young, whatever. And, and you're wrong. Uh, I, I if, you know, anything, take anything away from this, I would say enjoy everything you're doing at school and the sports and high school. Rodeo rodeo's not going anywhere. And you put you put, put the effort in, and you'll get what you want out of the arena too. So, you know, going into my junior year, I kind of started getting to where I could stay on some bucking horses and was uh, winning our region and started going to some amateur rodeos. And, uh, you know, my, my dad was real upfront with me from the beginning about going to amateur rodeos. He, he just told me, he's like, there's nothing wrong with this. And, you know, if this is all you ever want to do, that's fine. But if you want to, if you want to do more then you have to use this as a stepping stone, you know, I think what happens to people is they get to be kind of a, a big fish in a small pond and they never yeah. take the next step, you know? And so I was fortunate that my dad was upfront with me about that from the beginning. And so I went to the amateur rodeos and uh, started having a little bit of success there, made the UPRA finals and stuff like that and uh going into my senior year I turned 18 and immediately bought my PRCA permit and uh 
started started going to PRCA rodeos. That was that was the next step. I I wasn't ready to start going to amateur rodeos when I started going to them, and I rose to the occasion. And I wasn't ready to start going to PRCA rodeos when I started going to them, but but was able to rise to the occasion. And uh, you know, I, I would strongly recommend that if you're wanting to turn professional and you're wanting to do those things when you turn 18, buy your permit and start going to the rodeos because you're not gonna you're not gonna get to that level you know without going to that level and competing you know what i mean be realistic about your abilities but also push yourself you know and that's what that's with anything and uh so anyway i i, I my senior year in high school I, I i was 18 pretty much my entire year so i was able to start i was going to high school rodeos but also going to pro rodeos and wasn't winning a lot of pro rodeos but i would enter you know high school rodeos i'd enter an amateur rodeo i'd always kind of have a little bit of cushion there somewhere where i knew i could go win because winning is is something it's important to push yourself but it's also important to to maintain that level of confidence that you get from winning you know so be realistic about your abilities and and give yourself a chance to win but you know i would go to one or two amateur rodeos and one pro rodeo you know and chances were maybe i wasn't going to win something at the pro rodeo but i'd learn something and then i'd go to the amateur rodeos and win some money and, and pay for my weekend and not go broke in the process you know and so uh anyway my senior year in high school I, I i really kind of started picking it up like as far as riding better once i started going to pro rodeos i started getting better and better just kind of things started happening pretty fast then um my junior year i was fortunate enough to go to a to a bareback grad school at state smith's ranch that willow and west stevenson and these guys all put on and and uh it was kind of it came at a, at a at a pivotal point in my career it was at a time where you know i i really needed to to, I needed something else, you know, I, I, my dad had kind of taken me about as far as he was going to, as far as what, you know, I thought he knew, which, which turns out he knew everything anyway, it turns out with his parents, they, they know a lot more than what you think, but, uh, I, need, I needed, I needed someone else to tell me, and so we, we, we got the money and, and, and went to the school, and that's something else, you know, if you're going to be, if you're going to do this, learn how to do it right from the beginning, and I, I was, like I said, I was fortunate that my dad had that knowledge, and so it was drilled into me from, from the very beginning, but it, it, if your dad don't, or you don't know someone that does, that doesn't, that shouldn't stop you, there's, there's schools out there, most every guy that I know in pro rodeo, the top guys are, are, are pretty accessible, I, uh, I try to answer my, my Instagram messages as much as I can, I, I love to help anybody that, you know, want to get started in bareback riding, and I would say most everyone feels that way. So from the beginning, you know, set yourself up right by going and getting the right instruction. There's a handful of schools a year that guys do, and it's worth spending the money and going and learning the right way from the beginning. You know, and after I went to that school, I, I, I don't know if I would have ended up rodeoing for a living before I went to that school, but then I went and I was able to see these guys that did it for a living and just the, the love and the passion they had for the sport and the life they were getting to live. And I was like, you know, whatever it takes to do this at this point, I'm, I'm prepared to do it. And uh, anyway, I, after that school, I, I started college on a college rodeo scholarship. And that first, that was, would have been my rookie year in the PRCA. And I think started real fast. I, I won around the Denver shot up in the world standings and, you know, was was on the on the bubble to make the NFR the the entire year, and uh, ended up winning Rookie of the Year. Didn't qualify to the NFR, but was close enough to know that that it, it was a possibility. You know, and yeah. so uh, anyway, the next year I uh, ended up qualifying for the national finals, uh, and you know, it was it was just a fast turnaround. Like it went, it was real slow as far as how it 
how how fast everything took off for me. But once once it started rolling, I I, uh, I was just really really blessed to to be around the people I was like things just kind of fell into place for me. And that's, uh, I, I really feel like when, when, when it's part, you know, God has a plan for all of us. And, and when things start falling in, in place like that, it, it makes it feel a lot more like that's the plan. And I looking back, I know that, that it was God's plan for me to do what I've, what I've done because none of, because it doesn't make sense any other way, pretty much, you know? And so, uh, anyway, ended up that, that first year, uh, qualifying for the national finals uh matt casey field started traveling with him you know just a lot of things happened that 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 uh you know led to today actually you know even you guys probably don't want to talk to me whatever you know it's just uh it, it was a it was a slow start and then things started going pretty fast once i got in, into pro rodeo and i was so fortunate to be around a lot of people that you know that really exemplify what a true champion is in and out of the arena you know and so you know, as a young guy straight into pro rodeo, I, I probably pushed the limits a little bit as far as what, what you might want to do with your time and different things and made some mistakes and, and, and had some, you know, some mishaps, what, you know, whatever. And, and, and throughout the course of that, I, I learned a lot about myself also, you know, and uh, Casey's dad was a, was a five-time world champion and just what I, what I, uh, Louis was what I think of when I think of a great champion. He, he was he was a great man outside the arena. He wasn't too concerned with what happened in the arena. He was really good at that. And outside outside the arena, he worked hard to be a great family man. And just seeing him and, and the different things that he did in life made made things easy for me to see what I wanted to do going going forward. You know, and uh, you know having having made some mistakes straight out of the gate, getting into trouble and stuff. You know. The one thing that everybody told me and Louie and my parents and everybody was just don't let your mistakes define you. You know, a mistake, it, it, it's no good. You shouldn't go out trying to make them, you know, but if you do learn from it and, and move on, and get better from it. And I feel like that's exactly what I did. You know, I started rodeo, rodeo and making the finals. Life was going fast. Everything was going good. And I don't know, in 2012, I had a, had a neck injury and had to have surgery on my neck possibly career ending supposed to maybe not ride again had to sit out for a full year just just all sorts of things you know that seemed at the time like just the end of the world you know and, and looking back it was it was the biggest blessing uh, I, I wouldn't be sitting here today doing the things I'm doing if those things hadn't happened in my life and I learned a lot through those trials and everything else and uh set out for a year came back uh was fortunate enough to qualify for the NFR two years later and had had my best finals ever. And uh, then 2015, same thing, my neck went bad on me again and I had to sit out another full year. And it was just like, you know, when when is this gonna stop? Yeah. You know, whatever. But uh anyway, same thing. I just I, I trusted God's plan and, and worked hard and, and and worked at it like I was gonna get to come back. And if not, then and I was going to find something else to do, you know, and, and, and be happy with that. And if I do get, if I did get to come back, then it was just going to feel like icing on the cake. And uh, luckily, praise God, whenever I, you know, in 2015, after I came back, after sitting out that full year, I, I've, I've had very little trouble out of my neck since. And I've had the best years of my career have been the last, last three or four. You know, you just, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, as long as you wake up in the morning, though, and, do what's right and work hard and, and do the best with what God gives you that day. I feel like you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. And uh, I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be right now. And I'm, I'm so excited about where I'm at in life. I, I've got a little 
a little boy that's a little over a year old, a great wife and life's good and still getting the rodeo. So that's awesome. And then to have the opportunity to share my story with you guys, that, that means a lot to me too. And I appreciate you guys having me on here today. You bet. That's an awesome story and full of so much, so much good advice. Like even from, you know, knowing your limits, but then pushing them just a little bit more. We did a podcast with Dave Moorhead uh, from Three Hills Rodeo Company. And that was one thing that he really said. He said, you know, like know where you're at and be a step above that and just keep building up to that and and even put yourself in a position that's uncomfortable. And uh, if God has it, if it's God has a plan for you and if you're walking in it, doors are going to open even when you least expect them. Yeah, no doubt. I, uh, and that's Dave's exactly right. You know, from a competitive standpoint, you, you, you want to have a lot of confidence, but make sure it's not false confidence. Look, honestly assess where you're at and where you want to be and, and do whatever it takes to get from point A to point B and, and continue to push yourself and, and, and set yourself up for success and, and you'll get where you want to go. Yeah. How did you, when you had those times of adversity from, you know, when you first started and not riding for however long, how many horses you had to get on before you had a qualified ride and having that late start and all of that, you know, that takes a toll on you mentally. Um, how do you overcome like the negative thoughts that come with not getting where you want as fast as you want? You know, I, when I was young, I kind of, I thought a lot about that. I don't, it makes no sense why I believe I can do this. I, I really don't. I mean, it's it's kind of a God thing, honestly. Like I, I was I was terrible. I had no natural ability. Like it just it wasn't something like anyone that knew me then uh it would never have guessed that that I would have been as fortunate to have the success that I've had, you know. And uh my family is awesome, right? And my parents have always been upfront with me about about everything. And you know the deal with our family has been if we're going to do it you know try to be the best at it and put put out the effort you know you're not going to be the best at everything but you know end of the day I'm not going to be outworked and I, I'm going to try harder than everybody because those are two things I can control and you know that's something that was drilled into me from a young age and and I'm fortunate because you know in those times of adversity I just I just kind of thought that was part of the process and my process was different than other guys and it, it was frustrating at times you know you'd see guys that come and get on a couple horses and it just goes fast for them you know and you're just like golly like do I not have what it takes like they're naturally better I always noticed that that a lot of guys that that it came and not everyone obviously there's there's people that are just that are that are good it's gonna be good and uh, but I, I noticed you know sometimes I'd see guys that were better than me in high school rodeo and and they just kind of stayed there because they had so much success in that, in that, on that platform, you know, that they never took the next step. And, and to me, it was always natural to take the next step. Cause I never, I was never the big, big fish in a small pond. I was always just, just right there, like coming up, you know, kind of grinding. Yeah. And uh, so, so it just kind of felt natural. Like it just felt like what I was supposed to be doing. And I just trusted that, that, that if God wanted me to do this, this is what I'd be able to do, you know, and if not, then I could figure that out in the process. And uh, the main thing I, I learned so much over the last 16, 17 years of rodeo professionally and then the years leading up to that. But, but the things you learn through rodeo, what I've, what I've figured out is, is how to translate them into my life, my everyday life. Because what you do in the arena is such a small part of, of, of life. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's fun and it's great. It's cool. It's, it's awesome. You know, I, I it's, uh, it, it's what we all work at this for and what we all strive for, but, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, it's going to be a pretty small part of our lives. And so 
my goal from from day one has you know once I started decided to do this for a living has been to be successful in the arena to have to, to to give it my all every time but to never let that define me I, I the people I, I meet outside the arena the lives I impact outside the arena the example I am for the people that, that watch me the the father I am the husband I am those are those are way more important things to me than what happens in the arena and just like the work ethic that it takes to compete and to, to compete at a high level is the same work ethic that it takes to be successful in life. And if you're just going to put it into what your, you know, your event of rodeo and all that, like you, you may have some success in rodeo, but then you're going to wake up and, and then there's a whole, whole big life left, you know, and if you can't, if you can't put that same workout into your, you know, into your everyday life, then you're going to have trouble finding success just, just in the everyday life. And I think, being a good person, being a good, whatever it is, your son, your daughter right now, your student, your, your, whatever you are right now, focus on being the very best at that. Also, don't, don't, don't ever settle for just striving for greatness inside the rodeo arena, strive for greatness in every aspect of your life. And then it becomes a habit. And then everything you do is a lot easier that way. There's just, there's no question about it. You approach a situation and you're not expecting mediocrity. You're expecting greatness. That's an awesome message. And that's one thing that we really try to get through to these rodeo kids and what we use our platform for, you know, so that yes, they get, we want to see them be successful. We want to see them win gold buckles and saddles and prizes and all of that, but it's so much more and building that team and being able to give back to other kids in the industry too, and be a good role model and set a good example are all things that we talk about a lot here at Rodeo Kids as well. So I absolutely love that message. Um, and I think along with what you're saying too, bef before that, we do a weekly practice night at the house where we have some kids come over and we talked about being uncomfortable. And one of the things that was a point was that you have to be willing to suck for a while. If it's in your heart and if it's in your goal and that's what you want to do, you have to be willing to suck until you get better. Uh, yep. Yeah. It's, it's no questions asked. And that's with anything. I'll, I'll be... Hundred fin off with you. This uh, what we're doing right now. I've never done before. I've, I've given a lot of talks, never on a Zoom, never to a to a younger crowd. Like I'm generally at a rodeo school or college age guys, whatever you know. And and just I'm at a point in my life now where I'm going from being the guy that used to look up to everyone to kind of being the older guy that guys look up to, and it's a it's a weird transition. It, but it's it's something that I want to do. I want to be able to impact people's lives in a positive way, and so. You know, as uncomfortable as it made me feel to want to do this, I've, I've, I'm lucky. I, I don't talking and all that doesn't bother me. You know, being on camera doesn't bother me. But just you know, having having young people look up to me is, is a different thing for me. But I, I knew as soon as I as soon as I felt uncomfortable about it, I was like, I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like got got to get on there and get it done and, and get that feeling out of the way. And I and I'm so. I, Every time you do that, you, you're never mad. You, you're, yeah. you did it. You know what I mean. You get through the deal. With, you, maybe you suck and it's uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, if you're willing to put yourself out there like that, you know, that that's how you get the good stuff. Well, you're doing a fantastic job. You have a great message to share and, and you're doing awesome. And we talked about that too, just in, just in all and being uncomfortable and putting yourself in that situation over and over again and not running away from it, but stepping into it and making sure that if, if there's something that makes you uncomfortable, it's probably God's way of saying like, Hey, this is my next challenge for you. And this is preparing you for whatever's next that I have in store for you. So step into it yeah, and step away from it. And, and all the, all the good stuff's challenging, you know, like anything worth having, you know, worth working for, you know, it's just, it's, it's, 
it's so much more rewarding whenever you conquer a fear or, or anything like that to achieve a goal. It just, it just makes it so much sweeter. Yeah. So you got to, you get to still to this day, be around so many amazing people, but you talked about like getting in with Casey field and, and when you first got into that, like, what was that like? How did you transition from that? Uh, just being the guy looking up to them to being the guy hanging out with them? Like, was there, what did you talk about? what did you think about? How'd you make that happen? You know, I was, I was, that's another thing that I felt, you know, really blessed with from the beginning. When I went to that rodeo school there at Stasis, those, it was Will Lowe, Wes Stevenson, Tom McFarlane, uh, Royce Ford. Those, those guys were the four hottest guys in pro rodeo at the time. You know, Will was on his way to winning, you know, multiple world championships at that time. Every one of those guys went to the NFR and, and, and did great, you know, and there was a that weekend, there was a bunch of other guys there, you know, past rodeo champions that, that were there helping out. And uh, it's what's so cool about rodeo. Like those guys that I, they made me feel like one of them from the beginning. And I just, I never felt uncomfortable asking them questions or growing up. My parents, they, they say that I just, just always asking questions about everything just to the point of aggravate me to death asking <laughs> questions. And uh, I, I can attribute just pretty much most all the success I have now, but not being scared to ask questions. I, I those guys were nice to me, and I, I I just felt like one of them, you know. And I immediately I saw what they had, and I wanted that. Whenever I made the step into pro rodeo, I was lucky to, I, you know, before I ever turned eighteen, I had met these guys that were the best in the world. You know, they made me feel like one of them, so I just thought I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether I wasn't, you know, I just I had a lot of confidence, I guess, and uh, I they made me feel that way, and so. Uh, throughout my career I've always tried to make the younger guys that are coming up you know feel the same way like feel welcome like at the end of the day whether I outperform you today or you outperform me we're all out here risking our lives doing the things that it takes to ride buffing horses and uh, we're all cowboys and cowgirls and that's a that's a family well you know at the end of the day like you're just that's what's so cool about rodeo is there's I kind of sum it up like this, like when you're, when you're rodeo and then you're out there on the road and you're going to catch your eyes or whatever, you know, you might need a favor for someone, you might break down on the side of the road. And uh, there's always going to be another cowboy or cowgirl pull up and, and ready to help, you know, and it may be somebody you've never met. It may be somebody you maybe didn't even think you liked, you know what I mean? But, and they may not like you, who knows, but at the end of the day, because you're a cowboy and you're part of this family, they're going to pull over and they're going to help you. They're going to give you a ride. And it's just, it's a cool way to be because at the end of the day, it's like, we may have our differences, but we all put the same American cowboy hat on, go at it the same. And it's a, it's just, it's a, it's a family. And I, I felt that early on. And I, so I've just always been comfortable in, in pro rodeo around those guys. Like I, I don't, I, th- I think it's just because those four guys made me feel so welcome from the beginning. Before I met Casey, my rookie year, I, I, I didn't have anyone that I was planning on traveling with i called her right up to denver with with some guys from texas really cool guys that were just rodeoing and, and a little older than me and they all kind of had their traveling groups and stuff and uh so i went to denver and i was the only one of those guys that made the short round but so i just kind of had to hang out there by myself for a few days and in the process i'm sitting there you know talking to a guy's name's justin mcdaniel and i knew exactly who he was he uh he, he wasn't a world champion yet, but you could tell he would be, you know, and he was, he was on his way that year to his first NFR. Like he, he would, he had been the rookie of the year, the year before that, or, or, or maybe two years before that. And I remembered seeing him at a junior rodeo, like the junior, the Iflower there in Shawnee. And I mean, he was just heads and tails better than everyone. And I, and I knew that. And uh, he was way better than me. 
and I, I sat down there right beside him and just started talking to him, you know, and uh, next thing you know, we struck up a little bit of a friendship there, and he's like, so who do you travel with? And I was like, nobody. He's like, well, you know, my traveling partner's hurt this year. Do you want to rodeo with me? And so I, I was able to get in with Justin, a guy that had more experience than me, and that was that was better at riding than me, knew how to win, and uh, we took off rodeoing, and we rodeoed that whole year, and uh, Justin was a great guy, he taught me a lot about rodeoing, and a lot about just riding bucket horses, being tough, and getting it done, you know, and uh, he went on to qualify for the NFR that year, I won the rookie of the year, didn't qualify for the NFR, the very, I think the next year, he won, he won a world championship, I qualified for the NFR the next year, and uh, we, we've traveled together, on and off since then whatever uh great guy taught me a lot about rodeo and you know while we were traveling together i uh I, there was another guy that rodeoed that casey rodeoed with named jesse davis and uh i just i thought jesse was the coolest guy and he is I, I was right uh and i i just i i got it in my mind that i wanted to travel with jesse like i don't i mean i i don't know why i do know why but uh anyway he uh they they had a spot kind of open up and my deal with with Justin I can't remember if he was hurt or his traveling partner the guy that he traveled with most of his career Doug Fennell he he was healthy again so they started back rodeoing together and uh, I just kind of asked those guys like I've just never been shy to ask questions you know and it's you're gonna get told no and not get there sometimes but at the end of the day too most all the good things that have happened to me has been because I haven't been scared to talk to someone or or just ask questions or or admit that I'm not that great at what we're doing, but I'm, I'm here to learn. And I, I want to figure it out, you know? And so uh, yeah. hopped in with Casey and Jesse and in the process got to know Casey's dad, which, which really, you know, helped my career a lot. Like, like I said, he was a great champion and a great man. And, uh, and, you know, when Casey and I first started traveling together, one of, one of the, we went to a rodeo pretty early on down in Marshall, Texas. Mm-hmm. And Scotty Lovelace was a, was, is a, is a stock contractor. And, Marshall's pretty close to where I grew up, so I'd known Scotty. I'd been getting on some rodeos at his horses, or at or some horses at his rodeos. And uh, anyway, I uh, Casey and I went there and rode. We won first and second. And Scotty told me that day he was like, "You guys are gonna end up making each other a lot better. You know, yeah. stick together." And, uh, and and he was right. We we fed off each other our entire career. So I've I've been pretty lucky. I've been in direct competition with the greatest fair record that's ever done it, you yeah. know? And so I've been, I've been measuring myself against him this whole time. And I, I feel as confident as, as, as about the fact that I can beat him any given day, but that that's came from all these years of, of, of making each other better, you know, and, yeah. and it's a, it's a unique friendship and it, it's something I'm very fortunate to have in that everyone doesn't have that. And uh, the people you travel with, the people you surround yourself with, they're so important and you, you don't realize it a lot of times when you're younger and it doesn't make sense and it's something your parents tell you and you think you're like oh yeah whatever you know but it's so true it's the people you surround yourself with or the people it's it's how you become it's how you act you know what I mean and if you're not around the right people you're not going to act the right way and if you're yeah. if you're in a competition and you're, and you're you're hanging out with a guy that's that's not a winner you're you're not going to be a winner either it's going to drag you down you know monkey so, see monkey do I, it's exactly right. And uh, so I've just been so fortunate to like, I like I always try to get myself into a situation where everybody else is better than me. That way I could try to rise to the occasion. And that's, that's what I've done with my traveling groups. That's what I've, you know, that's what I've done with the people I surround myself in rodeo, you know, it's just, it's just put myself out there to be around the guys that are the best and then figure out how to get better. Than they are. Yeah. 
Okay, we've got some questions coming in. We have Riley and Peyton. Have you practiced uh, right now? Like, do you ride actual horses or do you just use a spur board? I just use a spur board. I, I've never, I still never even owned a horse in my whole life. I, uh, oh, wow. I live in town. Yeah, I live on a quarter acre lot here in downtown Fort Worth. Uh, <clears throat> we're actually moving to a new property here in the next month or so. I'm going to have some acres and hopefully maybe get a horse finally after all these years. But uh, I, I now at this point in my career, it's about staying physically fit and then just tuning up on that spur board and, and, and going and riding. But but learning growing up, I, I rode the spur board all the time. I never had a bucket machine. I never had anything besides the spur board. And uh, I know a lot of the top guys, same thing, like not to knock a bucket machine or anything like that, but it, they're kind of pricey and, and, and it can help, but it's not something you have to have. I promise you can get some two by fours and plywood, strap your rig into it and go out there and make, you know, practice perfectly. Like that's the thing. Like if you're out there, it's just like anything else, you know, if you're just kind of playing around and flopping around, spurring, you know, having fun, whatever, you're probably not going to get a lot better, you know, that spur board is, is the slowest it's ever going to get. And so you have to do everything perfect. You know, like, you you know, you're lifting on your feet, you're squeezing on your handle, you're lifting on your rig, and you're doing everything correctly right there because that's the slowest it will ever be. The muscle memory you build from doing that over and over and over and over again is what gets you to the point where you start making a good ride because the first few jumps on a bareback horse whenever you're learning how to ride, like, are just a blur. And, I mean, for me, it was a lot, that was a lot of the learning over the – course of those first three or four years was was just not the gate opens and then you kind of black out next thing you know you're bouncing around on a bucket horse it's so much adrenaline and so much you know stuff that it's a lot to handle but once you build that muscle memory what happens is that horse turns out of there you mark him out you make the right moves and then you know you kind of start seeing what's going on and you're already making a good ride you know and so because your your body's trained to do that you build that muscle memory on that spur board Practice makes pattern and practice on purpose. Let's go to Dana. Go ahead and ask your question. We were wondering about the glove. Like how often do y'all change your glove? Do you keep the same glove for a long time or do you just ride so many rides in it? Uh, it's yeah, like it's more of a however many rides, right? And, and just some of them last a little longer than others, just depending on how good the leather is. But I generally, I would say I compete, I compete hundred times a year, I guess, maybe a little more. And I, I'll, I'll generally ride with, with two to three different gloves throughout the course of the year. And I, I probably ride them a little longer than some guys. I know, I know guys that trade gloves and riggings every, you know, every 10 or 20 horses. Uh, my deal is if it feels good and it's working, I, I try not to change it too much. And uh, so it's, uh, I would say, you know, each glove lasts, you know, 30, 30 horses maybe and uh but that's you know in high school high school rodeo i've rode the same glove all year long basically i mean i never got on enough then to change more than once in a year and so but now it's probably two to three times a year i change gloves go ahead nate i was wondering if you knew of anyone kind of in the weatherford area that knows or that has practiced horses because i've just been since you're around the fort worth area and everything I'm just looking for horses that I can try and build onto that muscle memory that I've been trying to develop on the spur board. Oh, in Weatherford, I know there's a guy, uh, Chase Richter, R Spade Buckers is his Instagram. And uh, I think he has has buck scouts out there at his house, you know, pretty regular. And I think the college guys go out there and get on. And 
and I think he he puts on some high school rodeos and stuff. So I think he has a pretty good little set of horses for guys to learn on. I haven't been out there in quite a while, but uh, just mainly because I've been busy with with stuff at home and whatever. But uh, I think they buck horses out there quite a bit. If you get on your Instagram, I think it's our spade buckers, and his name's Chase Richter. Uh, you know, send him a message. I I I, I can't emphasize enough how much people like that want to help you know I, I promise he uh he's really got no other reason to be doing what he's doing other than to help the kids and so it's uh it's it's cool of him to do and i guarantee if you reach out he'll he'll at least put you and point you in the right direction Janie, how do you prefer, prepare yourself for rodeo and how do you stay steady like if you lose your stirrups or something um well luckily i'm in the bareback riding so i don't have any stirrups and uh but i i just you know I prepare during the week. I, I, I work out, you know, just about every day. I ride my spurboard. The things I need to do to prepare the practice that it takes for my event, I, I take care of that, you know, Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Thursday, depending on how long I'm home. And then when I go to the rodeo, I, I'm confident in my ability because I put in the work, you know. And so when I get to the rodeo, I don't feel like I have a lot to worry about because I've already I've already put in the work at home, you know. And so if you're prepared and then you show up and you try your hardest, that's all you can do anyway. And, and so one, one really important thing that I would, I, I can't stress enough is only worry about the things you can control, you know, because there's so many different things in the sport. I don't know which events you, you compete in, but there's just, you can't worry about what someone else is doing. You know, in my event, you can't worry about what horse you have drawn. You just, I have to go out there and make the same ride no matter what. And I'm able to do that by, working hard during the week and take confidence in the fact that, that, that I've done that and then whenever I get to the rodeo I, I try to just kind of relax and enjoy my time there and not think too much about any one thing that way whenever it comes time for me to compete when I nod my head I just react I'm not I'm not thinking about what I'm doing I've, I've built the muscle memory I put the work in and like I said that's where a lot of a lot of my confidence comes from is the fact that I prepare so much during the week and if you put that work in then that's all you can control yeah Peyton's question was, what is your favorite inspirational quote or Bible verse? Um, I don't know. I, you know, uh, and it's, it's a Bible verse that, that comes up a lot, especially in the competitive, you know, sport, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. It's, I mean, I could, I was going to elaborate a little more on that on the last question. You know, I, I, I know I'm right with God. I know I know where I'm going whenever, whenever this is all over with and the confidence you take from that and knowing that God's in control and that I'm not really the one in control anyway, that kind of takes a lot of pressure off of me. So, you know, like I said, if I, if I put the work in and I give it everything I've got every time the gate opens and whatever happens after that's God's will, I've already done the things that I can control. And so I, there's a certain amount of peace that comes along with knowing that. And, and, and it, it's what keeps me calm and keeps me confident in what I'm doing is that I know what I'm doing part of God's plan and so I uh I you know I'm not a preacher I don't know uh you know I I've, I was raised in church and I, I was fortunate for that you know but uh I, I don't see how you could compete and, and stay level and do the things you want to do if you thought it was all over you you know and because and, 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 it's not you know he'll take all of that off of you and free you up to go do exactly what you want to do that's awesome I love that Okay, Landry, they asked, what tips do you have about keeping calm while in Vegas at the NFR or the KK run for Vegas? Chewing gum. Chewing gum. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, if I, in Vegas, it's, it's the hardest there because that's the, 
that's where it gets, you know, the, the energy in that building and the, and the pressure, if you want to call it that, to, to succeed and all the money that's on the line. It's a, it's a big deal, you know, and, and, and I, I just, it all goes back to my preparation. You know, as long as I know that I'm prepared whenever I get there and I know that God's in control and I know that I gave it everything I got, then I don't have anything else to worry about because everything else is out of my control anyway. So, but in the moment when I feel myself starting to get nervous, I, I always have chewing gum in my mouth whenever I'm getting ready and that'll have, I've always done that. So whenever I start getting nervous, I just kind of take a deep breath, breathe in through my nose, out through my mouth, clear my mind, chew my gum. I look around, focus on something else other than what maybe is making me nervous and just, just think about, you know, the fact that God's in control and I'm not, you know what I mean? And just put, put it on him and not on me. Kind of how I stay calm. Perfect. Okay, we're going to go Madison, Emma, and then Charlie and Cody. Go ahead, Madison. What gets you motivated or pumped up right before your rodeo? Um, it, it's it's different things, you know. But uh, any any more, it's just I, I love I love riding great fucking horses against the very best guys in the world. So anytime I feel like I have a chance to prove that I'm one of the best guys in the world, that really fires me up, you know. But but also, too, at this point in my career, this is how I support my family. This is how I put food on the table for my kids and for my wife. And so, you know, if there's ever a point where I'm about to ride and I'm just kind of not feeling, I, I think about them. And I think about, I also think about how lucky and how fortunate I am to get to do what I do, you know, and just that feeling of, of gratitude really, it, it, it fires me up a lot. You know, I, I, I love the crowd. Like when I get off that feeling you get when the crowd's cheering and everything that that fires me up. So I, I'll think about that, you know, and, and just those thoughts and feelings will usually get me where I need to be as far as getting fired up. Yeah. Awesome. Emma. Do you ever get really scared where you like, feel like you can't do it? Um, I, you know, I, I get probably more nervous now, you know, that I'm, that I'm going to do bad or something. You know, I, I, riding bucking horses isn't a scary thing for me anymore it was when I was younger you know it's something you have to get comfortable with but uh it, it kind of all goes back to that whole God's in control thing you know I just I really truly believe that and I really trust in that fact and that's what gives me the confidence to, to not to not be scared and, and and too just like what we were talking about earlier a lot of the things that that scare you and, and stuff are the things that are kind of pushing you outside your comfort zone and when you conquer that fear, that's just such a great feeling. And it's, and it's so worth it to, to get out there and to conquer that fear. Emma is one of our girl bull riders. She's actually the only one that we Oh, have. that's awesome. Yep. So that's she's cool. conquering her, conquering the beast. Um, okay, let's yeah, go no, to that's awesome. Charlie and Cody. What obstacle did you have to overcome that got you to where you are today? Your heart. Um, I think one of the biggest obstacles was just getting comfortable around horses. Like if you, if you're raised around horses, you, you maybe don't get it. I don't know, but like a horse is a big intimidating animal, someone that's never, never been on them, you know? And so whenever I was first learning how to ride, it was a, a lot of just not being scared to be on a horse and calming down and getting, getting comfortable on that animal. And uh, just the, just the fear that comes along with, with, with riding in general and, and, to pair that with kind of a lack of ability that I had, <laughs> it, was, it was a little nerve wracking at times, but, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't put my finger on just one big obstacle that I feel like I've overcame or anything, you know, 
because I don't I don't feel like I've done anything special as far as overcoming obstacles. It's just kind of all felt like part of the process and just you know different tests and different things that have came at me. I just I've I've always just kind of worked hard and try hard and, and trust God and, and get through it. You know. Yeah, Laney and Piper, and then we'll go to Judge. All right. So if you cut your hair, would you have a different hat size? <laughs> I think it would be a little smaller. I'm, I'm about to have to go in and get trimmed up just so this one will fit me. Okay. And I know that on Instagram this week, well, a couple people asked, uh, what kind of shampoo do you use? Whatever my wife buys. Uh, not, probably not as much salt goes into the hair care as what people might think. <laughs> I, uh, I want to start my own hair shampoo line, though. So maybe be on the lookout for some Tilton Hooper shampoo. There you go. All right. Judge Quattlebaum. Yes, I had a question. Yes, I had a question. When you were a kid, what region did you go to? Region five. Uh, 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 thank you, sir. Where are you from? Ten. Region ten. From Star, Texas. They're in the same room. That's why they're echoing. <laughs> There's two of them. Okay, Landry asked. What's your favorite type of gum? I'm a preacher's kid, but I always feel the pressure to help others while winning. What's something that would help you through that? Um, what's my favorite kind of gum? Is, yeah, that was the first question. I don't, re I don't really have a favorite, uh, any kind of just mint. I'll, I'll take anything at the point where it's getting down to me right. I'd just like to have something to chew on. Um, and, and what was the second part of the question? I'm sorry. It says, I'm a preacher's kid, but I always feel the pressure to help others while winning. What's something that would help you through that? Um, I, I think that just, just be so happy that you have the opportunity to help people. You know, that's one of the most important things in life. Uh, at the end of the day, people, people are going to, you know, kind of remember who won the most, but I can promise you people will never forget to help them along the way. So it's a, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a special special thing for you to have the opportunity to help people and i would just be so thankful you have the opportunity to do that just just do your best mm -hmm. and i think it's okay too just to add to that when it's your time to go compete if there's people who are asking you for help just say hey can i help you when i'm done like i really got to focus oh right yeah now. yeah absolutely just separating Sorry, I, yourself I from that catch that yeah yeah don't you know once it gets down to your, your time you know that's another thing with the sport and it's, it's something that is, you have to be a little selfish sometimes. And, 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 you, you know, people are always going to be standing there wanting to talk to you doing things like on the back of the shoot, you know, just like, I understand the question a little better now. Um, just like, just like she said, you just gotta, you gotta establish some boundaries and just say, Hey, look, I'm about to do my thing. I'd love to help you whenever I get done, but right now I got to take care of this and just, you know, set boundaries. Yeah. Sierra. My question was, how hard was it to ride gunfire at the American? Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't real hard whenever it gets tapped off like that. It's 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 not easy, but it's 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 fun. It's uh, that's such a great horse. That horse is so cool. She uh she she's one of the best that I've I've ever been on. And that that ride the other day at the American felt like one of my best rides ever. That was uh, that was about as fun as it gets for me. Yes, and congratulations. You've been killing it this Thank year. Thank you. All right, Thank Casey Horsley, uh, do you have siblings? And did your whole family travel with you when you were younger to the rodeos? I do. I have an older sister who's six years older than me. And she uh, she played volleyball and softball growing up. And we traveled year round for that as a family. And then 
by the time I started high school rodeoing and stuff, she was in college and, and kind of doing her own thing. But my mom and dad went with me everywhere. She came as much as she can. Uh, we, we, we spent a lot of time together as family growing up, traveling to different sporting events, and then rodeo was the same. It, 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 uh, and, and two, one thing I'll say as a, as a kid, you, you kind of get the urge to ditch your parents, and, and, and you know, you just dream of going to the rodeo by yourself. But I, I promise whenever you get about 34, you'll, you'll wish you could load your parents up and take them back with you. It's, it's pretty fun time to uh, enjoy it and enjoy the memories you make while you're doing that. Yes, that's great advice. Chaney and JC have a similar question, but one is what's your favorite rodeo and what is your favorite bareback horse? I think gunfire is probably my favorite bareback horse at this point, you know, and it's something that kind of changes, I guess, because, uh, but I've, I've, you know, just, I've been on her four times. I've had really good success every time. It'd be a, kind of a close race between her and Virgil, but just due to the fact that I just won a big rodeo on her two years in a row, I think she's probably my favorite. But uh, my favorite rodeo, uh, that's just that's a tough question because they're, they're all your, your favorite sometimes, you know. But uh, the ones that stand out in my mind are the Pendleton Roundup. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's such a cool rodeo. It's out there on the football field. It's, uh, it's something we don't ride in, a, in an arena like that every time. And it's kind of wild crazy and it's just it gets your blood pumping a little more than than, than a lot of those rodeos there's so much history along with it. it it's really cool um i love i love the american it's a it's an opportunity to to ride at cowboy stadium here in texas you know growing up watching the dallas cowboys that that's a, that's a really cool thing um cheyenne wyoming is really fun it's cool like the ones with the with all the history behind them you know it's just i could tell you a hundred of my favorite because <laughs> i yeah. don't really have just one particular one because I could, you know, they're all my favorite for different reasons. But, but the the national finals rodeo is the most fun one to compete at because of the energy and the electricity and just everything that's on the line. It's it's a feeling like no other. Yeah, I did a podcast with Kelly Kenny, the rodeo announcer, um, in yep. Vegas, and that was one of the questions. And I think it was Kelly Kenny, and he said my favorite rodeo is the next one because yeah, no, it is. Yeah, he's like every time I get to go, it's my favorite. It is, and it's important to keep that in perspective when you're winning and losing. There's so many ups and downs in rodeo. It's just, you know, always remember how, how blessed you are to get to be doing what you're doing, and there's always somebody that would kill to be in your shoes, and, and that that thankfulness and that that gratitude, it'll get you through some, some of the low times, I promise. Yes. Peyton and Riley both said you are a great public speaker, and we're going to do one or two more questions and then we'll wrap it up because we appreciate and want to be respectful of your time. So Rowdy Quattlebaum. Uh, I want to know what your favorite music to listen to is and how do you eat healthy on the road? Um, I like a lot of different kinds of music, but uh, seems like, you know, the Texas country, the rock and roll uh, rap music from whenever i was younger not so much what, what they play now i guess and uh and but but a lot of a lot of classic rock and roll stuff like that like i mean just something upbeat fun i, I like that i like the texas country because i kind of in the song rap deal and just listen to the cool songs they write um red shahan's one of my favorite guys uh in the texas country deal and uh, you know just anything rocking and kind of upbeat I, I really like it and uh what was what was the other part of your question? How do you eat healthy on the road? It, it's a lot easier now than it used to be. It seems like uh, like gas stations in general just have a healthier option, you know. But uh, I, I keep 
it's hard to on days when you're competing you don't i don't like to eat a lot before i ride so i usually wake up i try to get a, a, a pretty big breakfast you know just try to i try to eat clean like i don't I, i've been through different parts of my career and different forms of training where i was counting every you know everything that went into my body like down to the numbers of you know protein carb fat everything you know through that process i learned a lot about what my body needs and uh the main thing you know is is just try to eat stuff that's real food you know like not a lot of processed food not a you know if you're gonna get you know and it depends too on how you're built and how your body works but I, i just try to give my my body enough fuel to to do what it needs to do and to recover from the from the punishment you know so I keep a lot of protein bars and stuff in the camper. In the morning, whenever I drink coffee, I put collagen protein in it and, uh, you know, trail mix, different stuff. But just, I mean, be smart about what you're putting in your body, you know, and especially when you're younger, it probably doesn't matter quite as much. But, I mean, to me, healthy is just stuff that comes from from the earth, you know, without any chemicals and all that in it. You know, I think if you if you go that route, you're, you're doing better than, than a lot of people. Eat what God made. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We're going to do this one last question and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Landry says, what is the best way to get sponsors? I have some, but I would love to get more companies out there. I think just uh, waking up every day and, and being the kind of person that someone would want to sponsor. I, uh, I kind of thought this question might come up because uh, it does in, in conversations like this. And it's something like a lot of kids are, are, are you know interested in because it's it's kind of the cool part of rodeo uh, or one of the cool parts and and everybody kind of wants to be you know endorsed by someone it makes you feel like you know they've got confidence in you and everything but you know over my career any of the endorsements that i've done and, and partnerships i have with different brands and everything they all came to me because i fit what they were looking for i i i've never just called someone up and, and struck up a deal or anything like that and uh I, I, at the time, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I mean, if you wake up every day and you go out there and you approach every situation, like the type of person that maybe you would want to endorse and that you would want wearing your brand, people will notice that, you know, and, and I think being able to talk to people, being friendly, you know, being approachable, being good in the arena, obviously, you know, they they want someone that, that can win, but they also, if, you, if that's all that you can do, then as the brand, I wouldn't be very interested in you either. You know, I mean, think about what, you know, what you would look for in someone and, and, and do your best every day and, and go out there and do what's right in every situation and give it all you got. And I promise you, someone's going to come along that wants, that wants you to represent their brand. And when that happens, you know, another thing that I would, on the same subject that I would suggest is, is think about what that's going to mean, you know, as far as being represented by that company and what they're compensating you with and whatever, you know, I mean, know your worth and, and, and don't just do something for nothing just to have a, have a, have a patch on you, you know, because at the end of the day, that, that may seem like a big deal to you, but it, it, it's really, it's not, you know, and so, so work hard, do what's right. And, and the right deal is going to come along. Someone's going to approach you and just be ready to take advantage of it and, uh, and represent them well you know, it'd be the, like, just be the type of person that somebody would want to endorse and I promise you somebody's going to find you. Yeah. And I think it's always to remember when we talk about sponsors, that there's a difference between sponsorships and donations. When it's a sponsorship, it's a two-way street, 
when they approach Tilden or somebody like Tilden, it's because not only is he his character shines through first and foremost, he is talented in the arena, but he obviously is a very good speaker as well. So he can sell their product by being sociable, by being present, by doing presentations like this. You guys are going to look at Tilden in a whole different light. Um, I know I do. I mean, I didn't know you before this. So, uh, you know, this is the kind of stuff that people are looking for. Uh, just like you guys that are on Rodeo Kids, you're chosen because of the way that you stand out and you step up and you show yourself well in the arena a lot of you are still growing and so even if you're not the best your character is going to shine through because you're working on being better all the time so um donations are handouts sponsorships are two-way streets so <laughs> absolutely just a reminder okay well get this wrapped up do you have anything else you'd like to share with them till then i appreciate you guys coming and listening to me today and, and just take advantage of all the tools you have around you because you have a have a lot more, you know, access to, to, to things like this and videos and stuff like that on the internet and, and use that, use that to your advantage, you know, and you, you're already trying to get better. You're already, you're already seeking, you know, seeking out a, a different opportunity to learn more about being on this call. You know I mean? Take confidence in the fact that you're putting out the effort and, and do it every time in every situation and do what's right and give it everything you got. And at the end of the day, what's, what's supposed to happen is going to happen. Awesome. Thank you so much. Landry, uh, they asked if you could email you some more questions or send you a message on Instagram. Absolutely. Any of you guys feel free to hit me up on Instagram. And if you guys ever want to come back on here, I'd love to. I, uh, I, I feel so blessed to have had the opportunity to rodeo. And if I can make that a, a reality for someone else, just one person, it, it, it's, it means everything to me. So Awesome. Great. Well, and guys, don't forget to send thank you letters. Um, I posted his address in the Rodeo Kids uh, ambassador page, and I'll also post it on rodeokids.com. And it's in the Zoom link or in the chat. So uh, thank you so much for your time. This was fantastic. Uh, you did a wonderful job. And I foresee you having lots more opportunities like this. Um, and we I'll will extract it. the audio off of this too and turn it into the Rodeo Kids podcast. So if you want to listen to it again, or if you want to use it to share with anybody else, uh, you can do that as well. Okay, thank you. You guys have a good night. Have a good thank night. Thank you for your time. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the Rodeo Kids podcast. I do want to let everyone know that our guests on this podcast and on our Zoom are volunteers. These guys genuinely have hearts of gold and they want to share their message and their experiences to see you be successful as well. So let's pay it forward and make sure that they know how much we appreciate it by continuing to share their message, um, ask them questions, write those thank you letters, tag them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, however you prefer to put it on Snapchat, you know, give us comments and let us know what you think, because that's what keeps us going. And if there's a guest that you would like to have, please let us know. The more you share, the more you interact, the bigger we grow and the more opportunities that we can offer. Along with the new opportunities, Rodeo Kids and the Performance Pony Company have teamed up to create the Continuing Education Fund. This fund and the money that goes towards it will be allocated towards, will be allocated to support youth and families who may not have the funds or the experience to get started in the Western industry. So the, the money from this will go towards clinics, uh, lessons, camps, and some entry fees. So if you find it in your heart to donate towards that, we genuinely appreciate it. 
Our goal is to continue to empower youth all across the country in Canada and Mexico and Australia. We love this sport and what it does and what it teaches and the values that come from it. And we believe that we are God-fearing people and that, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is what our countries were based on and founded on. And we want to see that continue. So please help support our cause if you can find it in your heart. You can find more information on supporting rodeokids.com and our efforts at rodeokids.com backslash support. Next week's Rodeo Kids weekly podcast episode will be with Lindsay West. We heard from her dad a couple weeks ago, Dave Moorhead from Three Hills Rodeo Company. And now we are excited to have the next generation uh, come through. And she's going to share with us what it's like uh, to grow up in a rodeo family, what she learned, and how she's taken those lessons from this industry and applied them into growing a business, a family, and just a life surrounded by the values and traditions that she learned as a young child. And lastly, mark your calendars for April 24th at 6 p.m. Central Time for the Rodeo Kids Monthly Zoom with Miss Rodeo America. We are extremely excited to have her on the Zoom and we will be ready to hear her story and you are more than welcome to ask questions and learn as much as you can from this lovely lady who represents the industry in so many wonderful ways. Again, that will be April 24th at 6 p.m. Central Time. Until we meet again, good luck, safe travels, and God bless.